listening to From the Front Lines, a special podcast from WUFT during the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will serve to provide an update on Florida's response to coronavirus with a particular focus on North Central Florida. In addition to news and important information, From the Front Lines will feature a member of the community who is working to keep the community safe or running during these challenging times. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Ryan Vasquez, and this is From the Front Lines. Here are your latest numbers on the COVID-19 pandemic in Florida. There are 1,007 positive cases in the state of Florida, with 937 of them residents of the state. 13 people have died as a result of the virus as well. A snapshot by county, Alachua has 35 positive cases, Citrus County 8, and Marion County 3. The most cases are still in South Florida, with Broward and Dade counties both over 200 positive cases each. It has been an interesting weekend for some North Central Florida counties as Marion and Putnam counties both saw their first positive cases of COVID-19. In Alachua County, the positive cases of coronavirus progressed to a point where officials are now assuming community transmission. One of last week's positive tests was in a daycare worker, and while Governor Ron DeSantis ordered the closing of K-12 schools in the state until April 15th, he has been reticent to close daycares. I don't think it's as simple as just saying you close them and everything's going to work out great. I think that'll cause huge issues throughout the state. And um, and I think that is something that, um, first of all, I would be very loath to do on a statewide basis simply because the spread of this has been uneven in various parts of the state. In the meantime, the daycare center has been temporarily closed for thorough disinfection, according to Alachua County officials. Those exposed have been identified and quarantined. Other daycares in the county have not been affected. Governor DeSantis says he's concerned about the impact the coronavirus and subsequent government directives will have on mental health. The governor says he gets it. If we were here two months ago, uh, unemployment claims in Florida were were not something that was very uh, substantial. I mean, you had full employment and then some. Uh, Now we're in a situation that some of these industries have really been upended. That's going to cause a lot of people who've worked uh, worked really hard um, maybe to get furloughed, maybe to lose their job, maybe to just be put on hiatus for a while where they don't get the paycheck. Uh, So we're very uh, attuned to that. DeSantis is urging Floridians to stay calm. The attempt to reassure the state comes as grocery stores try to stop people from panic buying, schools try to keep some normalcy through online learning programs, and several counties and courts begin to order temporary stops to evictions and foreclosures. The Census Bureau is suspending field operations for the 2020 Census because of the COVID-19 pandemic as well. According to Associate Director for Field Operations, Tim Olson, there is a two-week suspension as they search for ways to protect workers from the coronavirus. Door-to-door counting of households that have not responded, that is still a major component of the Census. Uh, And as Al said, we're just monitoring and evaluating uh, in terms of moving forward. Officials hope workers can return to the field on April 1st, but until then, people can still fill out the census online, by mail, or over the phone. So far, 18.6 million households have responded to the census. This outbreak of COVID-19 has had an impact on a number of businesses and services, and that has caused some negative impacts. One such consequence has been communities hit with blood donation shortages. In today's feature from the front lines, WUFT's Kristen Moorhead spoke with Senior Vice President of Corporate Communications and Public Relations at One Blood, Susan Forbes, on how they've been impacted by the virus and what they're doing to keep blood donations safe. Could you first off tell me a little bit about how the COVID situation is affecting blood donations? 
One Blood and blood centers across the country are experiencing a rapid cancellations of blood drives. So as businesses and movie theaters and schools and universities close down and events are canceled, it's drastically impacting uh, where we can go to host blood drives. Uh, to give you an idea on the magnitude of what we're facing, in the past week, One Blood has had more than 1,900 blood drives cancel through May. So that translates to more than 30,000 fewer donations. Uh, those numbers are only going to continue to climb. So the rate that we are seeing these drives being canceled is really unprecedented, and it will impact our operations for months to come. So the message uh, that we want to make sure that everybody knows is that the, the tremendous response that we are seeing by our donors right now is appreciated and will continue to be needed uh, because we need a sustained donor response to ensure a ready blood supply and to prevent a blood shortage. How have donors been responding to the cancellation of blood drives? Well, we put the call out saying we needed their help and they have responded. So they are coming in uh, very strong throughout our service area, which is tremendous. Uh, they're helping ensure that ready blood supply and we need them for the long haul. You know, this is not a one and done. This is something that they are going to be needed uh, for weeks and months to come because the need for blood never stops. Uh, even if the coronavirus situation wasn't unfolding, we would need them because every day patients are receiving blood transfusions that are saving their lives. Cancer patients, premature babies, sickle cell patients, trauma patients, the list goes on and on of the amount of people who need blood on a regular basis. And um, this is only uh, heightening the need for a ready blood supply when we're facing uh, the situation with the coronavirus. Um, it's important that everybody who is eligible to donate blood uh, does so because they're doing a tremendous service to the community and helping ensure that ready blood supply at all times. All right. And um, what safety precautions are being taken at your locations to ensure that the spread of coronavirus is mitigated while people are donating blood? But, well, it's important for everybody to know that it is safe to donate blood. The U.S. Surgeon General came out recently and said the exact same thing and encouraged people to continue to donate blood. It is needed. Uh, the FDA has stated that it, it remains safe to donate blood and that it's safe to attend blood drives. Uh, One Blood and all blood centers are regulated by the Food and Drug Administration, so we are uh, under very strict safety protocols to begin with. Uh, donors uh, can take comfort in knowing that all of our One Blood phlebotomists are wearing medical gloves that are changed for each donation. All donor-touched areas and equipment are disinfected after every donation. That includes the donor beds registration tablets, blood pressure cuff, and hemoglobin sensors. Uh, we use sterile collection sets for every donation, obviously. And uh, we conduct donor mini-physicals as well. So they get, uh, including temperature checks, to ensure that donors are healthy and well on the day of donation. And only healthy people are able to donate blood. So it's a very safe environment, and, uh, you know, people should not be concerned uh, about that safety of our donors, of our team members, of blood recipients, and of the blood supply is our top priority. So um, safety is number one here. In addition, we have also added social distancing practices in light of the coronavirus. Uh, at our blood drives, we are only allowing a certain number of people 
on the bus at any one time. Uh, donors will be asked to provide their cell phone numbers so that they can wait in their car or outside of the big red bus. And when it's time for them to come on, then we'll ask them to, to come aboard to donate. At our donor centers, we uh, have implemented the same thing, but um, we also um, are spacing them out because we have more room in the donor centers so they can um, keep them a safe distance from one another to stay with the social distancing practices. And um, if someone is interested in becoming a blood donor, what steps would you recommend that they go through since obviously lots of blood drives are being canceled? Well, a couple of things. Uh, we would encourage people to, uh, first of all, go to oneblood.org to find a location uh, for either our donor centers or the Big Red Bus. Everything is listed there, and it's always the most up-to-date information will be found at oneblood.org. And we are encouraging businesses that are still open to please consider hosting a blood drive with One Blood. And if their business or school is now closed, we encourage them to visit a One Blood donor center or a Big Red Bus mobile drive and donate with us um, because this is uh, unprecedented times for all of us in many ways. Uh, it also is a very unprecedented moment for blood centers as we face um, an unprecedented number of blood drives being canceled simply due to the fact that places are not open. And that is the main reason that we are facing what we are facing. Uh, so I would encourage them to visit oneblood.org and find a location to uh, come and donate. You know, it's a challenge to ensure ready blood supply under normal circumstances. It's even more challenging now in light of the coronavirus. So um, blood donors are needed. From the Front Lines is a production of the Innovation News Center at the College of Journalism and Communications at the University of Florida. Thank you to Krista Moorhead and Pamela Kahn for their contributions to this cast. Join us tomorrow for another edition of From the Front Lines. I'm your host, Ryan Vasquez. <laughs>